Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you today? I am sorry, we are definitely having a, a few uh, glitches with Blog Talk Radio for the past couple of weeks. They've informed us that they're working on it. Without further ado, I'm going to bring on Jay Logan. And since we are running a five minute behind schedule, Mr. Logan is going to go directly into the topic of the day. Welcome, Jay. It's, it's our usual glitch at the moment, as you can imagine. Hi, no, Gail, but we know it's not our fault, so we're going to have a lovely, lovely show today. How are you doing? We can be honest a little bit, Jay. And then we have put two times at Web FM in the last couple of weeks. It's really been around Block Talk Radio. So I was very good to be really upset about those things. So, Jay, what I thought I would do if you would go in and share with our audience about what is going on out there. All righty. Well, this morning, our big company, Google, was having problems. Gail, they were having problems with Google Talk. And I use Google Talk to talk to my friends and uh, you know, chat with them. And what's great about Google Talk is that you could use it cross-platform. So have it on your Mac or your Linux system or Windows. So, you know, people could chat with each other cross-platform, which is a great, great feature. Well, today they they had a lot of problems. It crashed, and they were having outage. And the uh, majority of the users uh, were being uh, booted off, and they were having a lot of problems. And so Google didn't know what to say about this. About 8.30-ish or 8.26 or somewhere around that time, they finally got it together. But uh, they were having a lot of problems with this. And uh, I don't know, do you use Google Talk at all? Um, not really. That's not one of my favorite ones, actually. <laughs> well, it's good that it's not one of your favorite ones because you would have been very disappointed this morning and most of the users were complaining. But they, uh, they're getting it together. They're going to continue working on it, and we'll see what happens. I'll keep everybody abreast on what's going to happen in the future with Google Talk, it's really a good it's really a good um, feature to have. If you got all you know people that have your email and have Google email, they all can chat and email and talk talk together real fast. It's like a telephone, so it's kind of like a telephone. So I I enjoy using it. Um, well, then that that's uh, that's good for Google today, and hopefully we'll uh, they'll get their act together. Um, the other thing that's going on is uh, down in Florida, believe it or not, the governor. Uh, the governor, Rick Scott, is putting together a education task force for brainstorming. Yes, that's right. He's putting together a task force for brainstorming. So they're going to come up with new ideas on how to uh, get some of the tuition down, um, work on better ways for administrators to use their curriculum and getting more books and stuff. So they're supposed to be working on uh, this brainstorming session uh, this month, and they're supposed to have uh, answers by the end of October. So you know, I wish the governor in our state would do something like that, you know, because we have a lot of problems with education and tuition, and a lot of kids out here can't pay their tuition. So, you know, we need to at least get together and talk about these things to see how some of these kids can continue their education. So uh, good, that's good for Governor Scott down there in Florida, and we're going to uh, support him, and hopefully they can come up with the answers for some of, these, some of the colleges and universities down in Florida. Maybe some of the other governors will get together and start doing the same thing in their states. That would be wonderful. Wow, that sounds um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you know, another strange thing happened in the music business, Gail, is uh, the fact that, uh, uh, I don't know if everybody watches uh, um, um, America Got Talent. Do you watch America Got Talent? Do you watch that, uh, Gail? Yes, I do. Well, one of the judges has tweeted, Sharon Osborne, which, bless her heart, and, you know, I love that English accent of hers, and she's the best thing on that show since that show's come on. She tweeted that she's leaving America Got Talent, and I'm very sad about that. And uh, I don't know what it's, what it's about, but they've been bickering back and forth and um, having a lot of problems there. Um, Howie and um, what's the other guy's name on the show? Um, uh, the new guy, uh, you know his name. Uh, well, anyway, Howie and um, I think um, one of the other judges, uh, his name doesn't come to me because I'm not a big fan of his, but he's from New York. Not saying that I'm not a fan of New York's, but he's from New York. Uh, uh, what is his name? Stern. Yeah, that's his name. Stern. Uh, so they bigger back and forth, and Stern has accused Howie of not being talented. He says, you know, you're not funny. And I think Sharon is getting a little frustrated with them bickering back and forth. And I, you know, I'm not sure if that's why she's leaving the show, but bless her heart because she's such a sweet person. I think she doesn't have, don't want to have no part of that. So. The uh, NBC has said she hasn't came to them and said anything, but she has tweeted that she will be leaving the show, and, uh, uh, you know, she's she has her own show that she's on called The Talk, which is a wonderful show, so she probably has her hands full. She's much she's much too talented to be on that show, I think. I think she's just a beautiful person, and good luck to her whatever she does for the next coming season. But, like I said, she will be leaving the show. She's tweeted on Twitter. That's the news for the day. One more thing I want to add, too. Um, I told the users uh, a couple of shows back that I will be reviewing Justin Bieber's album. Well, let me tell you something, Gail. This album is wonderful. I mean, he's really stepped his game up. I mean, he has all these great writers on there. Um, I mean, he he has uh, uh, Babyface and, and, you know, um, Usher and, he has Ludacris and all these great people on this album, and they they painted him out to be, I think, a young Elvis Presley because he's wearing his guitar. He's wearing a guitar on the album, and he's like a little young, and he got his hair kind of set back, and it reminds me of Elvis Presley. So, this album, believe, believe me, this album should be a big album because he has he he's brought all he brought all the uh, all the great musicians, and it's almost like a thriller album to me. I think this will be his biggest album. So for those of you that like Justin Bieber, I think you would love to go out and get this piece of work. It's a masterpiece. You know, I love music. And, you know, I didn't think it was going to be this good. But it shocked me. The music tracks are just slamming, and the production is slamming, and Bieber is doing his thing. It's a great album. There's one song in particular called uh, Maria. On the reminds me of Billie Jean, you know, kind of like that. It kind of had that type of... Uh, feeling, and it's kind of that kind of topic. So if you get a chance out there, check out Justin Bieber. J.B., that's his new name. Oh, wow. That's great. Well, we definitely are excited about Mr. Justin Bieber, and I want to bring on our next guest. It's Sonia Cardona. She is a mother and an entrepreneur. She's just recently, she's right in that position, Jay, where She's taken the leap of faith, and she's opening up a spa in California and just recently gave in her resignation this week. 
And as a mother and as an entrepreneur, like, we want to find out, what, like, what's that like for her? And um, also the causes that she supports close to her heart. And so without further ado, we're going to actually bring on Ms. Yesenia Cardona. Hi. Hi, Yesenia. Welcome to our show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. This is Jay Logan. Jay, this is Yesenia Cardona. Hello, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. I'm fine and so wonderful. You're coming to our show. Love to have you. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you as well. And, you know, Yusenia, it's so interesting to have you here because, you know, as a mother, okay, and as a, you know, as someone who's embarking on this, it, this has got to be like, you know, exciting and also, you know, scary at the same time a little bit, you know. And so just to let our audience know, you are a an entrepreneur and you just resigned from your daily job to open up a spot in California. Would you explain to us what gave you the courage to do such a thing, being a mother as well and having a child to take care of? Uh, well, um, I guess I mean, we could probably go on and on about that, but I think the biggest thing it's just that it was a calling, and it was something that, you know, after a while being able to open the spiritual spa that I'm opening up in California, it was just something that I really couldn't ignore anymore. And as a parent as well, and, you know, just having so much love for my daughter, and, you know, as a parent, you know, you always see so much potential in your children. But I just wanted to be able to set an example and be able to show her that it was possible to do something that you love and to make a life out of it. I think that's something that, that was really, really important for me. And also just to show, you know, how important it is that, you know, being part of this world is also being of service to other people. And um, and that's what I'm doing with this walk. So just to give you more information about the spa, that it's not a traditional spa, as I had mentioned before. It's called Foxy Spiritual Spa, and um, it's in Napa. And what it is, it's, it looks familiar to, you know, to, to the person who would walk in. It has a normal spa atmosphere. But the difference being it's a space, it's a safe space for people to go and to cultivate their connections with sports. So what I mean by that is, you know, when people go to spas, usually they're, they're going because they want to relax and they want to feel a sense of calm and peace. And um, but what we do is this, the spa is dedicated to, to connecting. So, you know, we, we do that by meditation. We do that by doing the light energy healing work. And, mm-hmm. um, and to give people a space to, to cultivate peace and love inside themselves and a connection with, with the Creator. So is, is, is the spa a place where people, is there a fee to go there? Or is, it, is it a resource for people to just come? Um, how do you have that set up? So what it is is an extension of, of the work that I've already been practicing for six years. And um, so I practice Paramita light healing, which um, it's similar to Reiki. So usually I mention Reiki only because it's something that other people are familiar with. But, you know, usually, you know, people are doing work individually or, you know, there's hospitals also that, that give light healing to to patients. And um, but what the spa is, it's, uh, it's a way to bring it to more people and to bring in an environment that, um, that really nurtures it and gives people a safe space. And um, and then I can share it with a lot more. You know, it, instead of just having one person, I, I can have a multitude of people. 
and um, and be able to have as many people experience that and to really you know bring about a transformation in their in their spiritual development. Wow. Well, now I have a question for you. What does your daughter sure. think about this stuff? I'm sorry. What is that? What does your daughter think about you opening up a spa? What was it? Well, I mean, you know, for for a long time, you know, for many years, I've just been, you know, wanting to get out of the court world, to get out of the corporate world and be of service to other people. And my calling in particular was was through this light healing work that it completely, for me personally, changed my life. And um, and so, you know, trying to figure out a way to do that in a larger way was something that I've always been trying to figure out. And about a year ago, you know, I spoke to other, some other people who do the same work as we did, and we brainstormed this idea to, to create a spiritual spa and to create a safe place to be able to do our work and, um, and to share it with other people and, um, and to make that the mission of it. And, you know, I just came back actually from Puerto Rico because my, my partner, he opened up the first spiritual spa, and his spa is called Satva Spiritual Spa in Puerto Rico, and it's just beautiful. It's so lovely. And um, and so out of that that brainstorming that we did last year, it's actually starting to manifest, and I'm opening the second one in Napa. I want to know um, what made you wine country? Why did you pick Napa? I'm just I'm curious about that. Napa, well, I mean, you know, that was actually, you know, that was a journey as well because, um, you know, a lot, like you said earlier, it was like it's been a huge leap of faith. So, you know, I've been really, you know, for years, of course, like a lot of us, you know, tied to, you know, a regular job, a salary, you know, all those types of things. And especially, you know, having a daughter as well, you know, there's a lot of responsibility. And um, so it has been a huge leap of faith to move forward and to say, you know what, this is, I want to create a life that where I'm of service to other people. And in terms of finding a space, it's kind of been, it's been a similar thing. It's been just trusting and knowing that I would be guided to the right place. So in the past couple of months, I'm originally from California, so, um, you know, went back home and drove around and, you know, went and looked at different places. And um, and when I went to Napa the first day, actually, I was completely petrified and, you know, my ego was just like, no, not this place, you know. And, um, you know, went home, slept on it, and the next morning I decided to give it another shot. And I went back and it was just, it's just really beautiful and it's the kind of place that cultivates you know, not only does it have amazing wine, but great food, but the area also is a place where people go to relax and to rejuvenate themselves and to find some peace and tranquility away from their day-to-day jobs. So I think that that's probably that's a perfect fit for what I want to do. I want to be able to give people a place to go outside of their busy lives, to go to a place that's calm and peaceful, and um, they can have this. They can walk through this experience and this journey of being still and being in their heart, and then receiving a treatment, a light treatment, or whether it's a massage along with the light work. Um, you know, and they can they can sit in that peace for a little bit, you know, until they're ready to leave and, and go home. So that's why I it was. You know, at first I thought it was going to be closer to the, to a city like San Francisco. But it, as it turns out, what I was led to was someplace a lot more quiet, like Napa. Wow. Well, you know, I know Jay had another question about your daughter. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, uh, what does your daughter think about you open a, opening up a spa? I just wonder what does she think. What did my daughter think? 
Mm-hmm. What does she think about <laughs> you doing that? Well, I don't. I mean, I don't think she was necessarily surprised, you know, because, uh, you know, she knows that, um, you know, how committed I am to doing the healing work and to being of service, and it's something that, you know, I talk about with her, you know, almost every single day. I mean, I can't think of a day that I don't mention, um, you know, God or prayer or, you know, something to that effect um, every day. And so when the, the concept came from spa, I think she was really excited. Her first idea was, I hope I'm going to be able to see you because I think her automatic reaction was, um, are you going to be too busy mm-hmm. working all the time? You know, because working corporate life, that was busy enough, and having your own business, that's different. But the beauty about it, which I was able to tell her, is like, one, you know, she can, you know, I want her there, you know, and so, you know, for me to find a way to get her involved, whether it's um, like things we talked about, for example, is she can help me make flower arrangements, you know, for the spa. And, um, you know, it's a good way for her to learn or just to make sure that I have a space for her there as well where, you know, if she comes after school, she can study. So I definitely, I think communication was key in terms of making sure that she understood that this was an extension of me wanting to be as good a parent as I possibly could for her. You know, it's not just about, like, opening up a successful business and making, like, tons of money, but really, like, cultivating a life and, you know, showing her that I want to cultivate a life and a livelihood that incorporates her and makes sure that she's a priority as well. And um, just because, you know, you have your own business doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be an absentee parent. So now she's really excited. Wonderful. I was wondering, like, has finding, like, you talked about uh, her, your daughter, and I was wondering, has finding, like, a school for your daughter and setting up a new home for both of you to live in been a a, been a challenge while opening your business in California? Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I sure, yeah, sure. I mean, I think definitely, you know, it's been a big journey. Um, You know, I won't say that it's been completely easy, but I'll say that it hasn't been completely easy because, um, I was really scared and, you know, over, you know, for a while, and I was really spending a lot of time worrying about details and how am I going to do this. And um, and then finally, you know, when I was able to, you know, she had the same questions. Well, where are we going to live and where am I going to go to school and, you know, how are we going to do all this stuff? Um, you know, but when I was able to finally cross this line of feeling confident that that's really what I should be doing and surrendering everything over to the creator. And the biggest thing that I've been telling her, because, you know, we, you know, just a little bit about our situation, but we haven't been in our own home for a year now. You know, we've been living through this transition um, in, in my mother's home and her other grandmother's home. And um, and the one thing that I told her one day, and it really helped me, I told her, I said, you know what, baby, I was like, you know, I know it's been really difficult, um, but I just know in my heart, that, you know, God is taking care of us and we wouldn't, he would not be putting us through all of this, not reward us in the end. So meaning, you know, the, the, keep your eye on the prize in terms of we're doing something that isn't just for us, it's for, you know, something so we can share God's love with other people. And, I mean, you can never fail. You can never fail in that. And everything is getting taken care of. And, um, and so far, so good. It's like I think when I was finally able to, like, to relax myself into that, Everything has just been, you know, flowing and opening up. And even though, even right at the second, if I don't have all the details sorted out, I know that they will be, and I trust that they will be because, you know, I'm, I know that I'm supported, and God's showing me over and over again that, that that's indeed the case and that I have nothing to fear. 
I would like to know something, um, Eugenia. Do you think your daughter, seeing her mom taking the courage to go for what you want and opening up this spa, especially a spiritual spa that helps, you know, the healing of each person, whether it's from work or whether it's, you know, family issues or whatever, just healing with themselves and also helping people to take time out for themselves, you know? Um, what do you think that does for her? Do you think it makes her feel like she can do the same thing? Has she said any of this to you? Well, you know, it's, um, well, I think what's really important, you know, because, you know, as a parent, you know, at the end of the day, like, my biggest thing is, like, I want her to be okay. You know, I, you know, if I fall off the face of the earth, I would want her to be able to take care of herself and all that good stuff, right? You know, stuff that parents usually want, a good education, a good job, you know, so they can support themselves, the whole thing. And, you know, through this whole journey for myself, like, I also have to realize that, you know, she's on her own journey, and I'm not quite sure what she'll end up doing, but she just to tell you a little story. It was really, it was really, really sweet. She's, you know, she loves. Um, she's always wanted to help, you know, orphans or like to help children that don't have parents and stuff. And you know, so that's been an ongoing thing for her. And then at a certain point in time, we were driving in the car, and she says to me, she says, "Mommy," she says, "You know," she says, "I want to be a waitress." And I said, "Okay." And I was really quite, you know, I was quiet for a second because in my brain, my automatic regression was like oh, no, you know, she won't be able to support herself or, you know, with ego thinking, you know, she can do better, you know, she's going to go to college and all this stuff. And I didn't say any of that. I stopped myself. And so I just, I asked her, I said, well, maybe what is it about a, a waitress that you find appealing? And her answer was, she's like, I like serving people. And I can't tell you how happy I was to hear that. Like, it was, to me, it was just like the most beautiful <laughs> like thing I could possibly hear like she was just like I just like serving people and I like making them happy and I just feel like if that's going to be her attitude going forward I don't think she can do any wrong and if you know if she finds something that she that brings joy to her in her heart and she's bringing joy to other people and she can hold on to that and hopefully I can continue through my example um, cultivate that with her and help her through the hard parts you know I think she'll be fine wow Wow. Wow, amazing. You know, um, one of the things I would love to know from you is, you know, what what advice would you give others waiting to start a business? Wanting to start a business, not waiting. (laughs) We don't want them to wait. (laughs) But what advice would you give others who want to start a business? I'm sorry, I didn't didn't hear that last part. What was the question? What advice? Would you uh-huh. give others who want to start a uh-huh. business? Like, like, you know, taking the leap of faith and just going for it, knowing that you have a daughter to take care of and, you know, just mm-hmm. going for it. What advice would you give well, others? I think the, the biggest advice that I would give other people, I mean, to start with, I would say just find time, you know, as a place to start, 15 minutes a day in the morning and in the evening, or even if it's just in the morning, to just be quiet and to not try to figure it out. Meaning, you know, and trust me, I am like an Excel spreadsheet, make a list, plan everything like five years ahead. And, you know, to find myself in this, you know, situation right now where I'm in, I'm in uh, transition is very difficult because I don't know all the details. Um, but I think to find some time to be quiet so you can allow, so you can allow, you know, God to come in and to guide you. 
and to realize that you're not alone, that, you know, that you're supported and that when you're excited about something and when you're passionate about something, and especially if you're doing something that's being of service to other people, people will step up and help you. You are not alone. And, um, and I think that's the biggest advice I would tell people is, to, you know, to find some quiet time for themselves that they can allow space to get guidance and to share. Wow. Wow. You know, Jay, we were talking, you and I were talking today about caregiving, you know, and Jay, you and I know that we're somewhat have been caregivers for our mothers, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, I know that you and I have, you know, it's something we've gone back and forth over what it is to care, you know, for our mothers who are elderly, you know what I mean? And I was just sharing with Jay today, you know, some of the thoughts, you know, that as soon as you talked about that, you know that my mother's just passed. What, you know, I know Jay had a question, but one of my questions uh, is to you before uh, Jay goes into it is, what had you look at the cause of caregiving, youth caregivers? Can you explain that to us? Hello? Is that it? I do believe we have lost our Good. Yep, she's gone. Hi, Let's see if she. Well, we. Oh, that's that's uh, a. <laughs> Hopefully, she will uh, come back on. Let's see if we Sorry. can get. Uh, let's see if we can get her back on. You know, um, I guess it looks like there was a breakdown there. Let's see if we can get Yesenia back on here. And while we're doing that, you know, I want to talk about caregiving a little bit, Jay, you know, just so our audience is is aware of. This is a cause that Yesenia is actually very uh, passionate about. And, um, you know, we were, was really surprised. Oh, here she is. Yesenia? Hi. That was weird because I could totally hear you, but for some reason we couldn't hear each other. Okay. Well, what I was asking you, Cindy, is that Jay and I are caregivers for our mothers, okay? Yeah. And and my mom passed, as you know, and I I don't feel that I could Mm -hmm. I was the caregiver that I could have been to my mother. But one of the questions I wanted to ask, and I know Jay had some questions, is what had you um, be so passionate about caregiving? Youth caregivers in 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 um in general. In general, or about the the American Association of Caregiving Youth. Yeah, the caregiving youth. You know, youth being yeah, caregivers the, for their so parents. Yes, it's a great organization. It's called the American Association of Caregiving Youth. And um, I came across them from a CNN article just about this or, this particular organization and um, the work that Connie Siskowski is doing um, to support these children. So it turns out that there's millions of children in the United States, and this particular organization is the only organization in the United States who are completely dedicated to supporting these children. And um, they're children from the 18 years and younger who basically are the primary caregivers of a family member who are either ill or have a mental illness or some kind of disability. And it turns out that there isn't a system in place right now to to support these kids. And And these children are, if you look at the high school dropout rates, a large percentage of the children who drop out of high school happen to be caring for a family member who is ill. 
Um, and so this organization actually helps them with tutoring. They work with middle schools and high schools to provide tutoring for these children so they can keep up in their schoolwork because that usually tends to suffer. Um, they help them with whatever kind of counseling support because, of course, it's very emotionally draining on the children. And, um, and they also have a, a summer camp that they, um, they do that's called Camp Treasure, you know, to give these kids a break. And we also do, you know, different workshops, you know, leadership workshops and different things that help give them the skills and the support that they need to get through, you know, these difficult years in their lives. So when I found out about them, um, I've, you know, I've become a supporter of them and have done crowd rides fundraisers for them and just do whatever I can to, to put the word out because I don't think people realize, you know, once you explain it to people, you're like, wow, there's these kids who are, you know, anywhere from, what, 12 years old, you know, to 18 who are helping put breathing tubes in their family members or, you know, having to clean them up or bathe them or whatever the case is. And um, I don't think we realize that in this great country of ours that they actually don't have a lot of support. So I did whatever I can to, to help support them. I know you said uh, 12 to 18, but I was I was wondering what made you interested in youth becoming caregivers, and what age should they start the process? Is 12 too young? Should it be younger? Well, I mean, these particular children in this organization, you know, it's something that they're born into. It's a situation that's beyond their control, right? But in terms of caregiving, you know, for like let's say my daughter, you know, for the healing work, you know, she's attuned. And I don't think, you know, children I think are natural caregivers, you know, children who grow up in, in healthy environments and even when they don't, you know, our, our instinct is to love and to care for others. And um, I don't think it's ever, children are ever too young to, you know, to learn to cultivate that and to, um, you know, to help kids along that path. Because, you know, what are the first things that kids say? Usually it's like, I help, I help. You know, kids naturally want to help. And um, so I, I don't think it's too Even if it's like a little simple thing, you know, a lot of times as parents, you know, we want to just get something to really quick, you know, oh, sweetie, I'm cooking, I'm too busy, you know, but how, you know, it's not that hard to just, make a little space and say, okay, you know what, why don't you, I can't tell you how much fun my daughter used to have when she was small, just sitting in front of the sink, you know, quote, helping me wash the dishes, you know, and that's caregiving, you know, um, and, you know, and sometimes, you know, quiet time is also, you know, caregiving as well. It can talk to kids into being, you know, a little bit quiet as well, but I don't think kids can ever be too young. I think they, they get it. Wow. So you think you think uh, young people are responsible enough to be caregivers? Is that what you, you're uh, portraying? You say that you feel that way. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about caregiving in terms of I'm going to expect my daughter to to do my laundry. You know what I mean, and to mm-hmm. pay my you know pay my bills or anything like that. But I think the the virtue of caregiving, I don't think mm-hmm. children are you know I don't think children are too. You can start, you know, that's something that you start from, from is, you know, by giving them that example of you caring for them, they're learning how to care give. In terms of these other children, you know, who are, who the American Association of Caregiving Youth Support, you know, you know, 12 obviously is really young, but unfortunately, you know, they might be in families that don't have the financial resources or the insurance or whatever it is to have other people come in and help. And unfortunately, there's children, you know, as young as 12 years old who are thrust into a situation where they are the primary caregivers. Um, do I think it's, 
you know, fair? Of course not. You know, they should be, you know, in school and playing and, you know, participating in the other luxuries that we have when we live in this kind of society. But, you know, as you know, like not everybody has that as a luxury, and um, this organization um, helps support those kids who, who are in these circumstances. Wow. Well, Yesenia, we want to thank you for having you on because we have our next guest. And thank you so much. Like, what we'd like to know is how can people connect with you? Um, you're more than welcome to email me for any, any questions that you might have, and I can also put you on the mailing list. Um, if you happen to be in California, um, it's Yesenia, Y-E-S-E-N-I-A dot Bhakti, B-H-A-K-T-I at gmail.com. Would you say that one more time just so our audience will hear? Sure. Sure. It's Yesenia dot Bhakti at gmail, and that's Y-E-S-E-N-I-A dot B-H-A-K-T-I at gmail.com. And Yesenia, would you come back with us when you have uh, opened up your uh, spot and we can have you on the show again? Yeah, I'd love to do that. I'd love to show that. Thank you very much. No problem. And thank you. And it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Likewise. God bless. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Joe, wasn't that amazing, having her yes, on the show? I, I, I learned a lot from just uh, listening to her. Um, she was a real. She, she was a real treat. <laughs> yes, yeah, she, she, yeah, she was, and I think what she's doing is amazing too, because it makes us realize that we have to take time out to do the things that you know are important to us. So, yeah, and that's that's really. I, I believe that, and I'm going to start asking Jelena to do a little bit more now that I got an okay from her. Yeah. <laughs> You know, really, you know, taking a But all further ado, we have a very special guest from Montreal, and uh, her name is Sandy Sidhue, and she's with SidekickTM.com. She helps entrepreneurs launch their business from idea to launch. And I and we thought Jay and I thought this would be a great person to have on because many of you are entrepreneurs. And yes, there's so many people out there, but you know the one thing I love about Canada is they kind of think out the box and they're very open to everything. You know, and I, I love America too because that's where I'm from. But being in Canada, meeting this young lady about two weeks ago was amazing. She was vivacious. She had so much energy. She was positive. She even elicited inspiration in me, Jay, to, you know, go further and do other things. And we had an amazing conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on this Sandy. Sandy, hi, How are you? Hi. Hi, good. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having me. Yes, and we have our co-host, Jay Logan, from San Francisco. Hi hello, there. Hello. Hi. 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 Well, Sandy, you know, um, I have been telling Jay so much about you. And, uh, you know, we were just, like, really looking at what you're doing and, you know, the benefit of what you're providing for other people. So, you know, I know you're an entrepreneur, and I know that what you do for people is really amazing. So we want to, first of all, start off by acknowledging you for that. Because it takes a lot to... Yeah, it really does. We want to say that. And so we know that you help small businesses from idea to launch. Give us an idea of what you do to help these entrepreneurs from ideas to launch, as you put it. Sure. Well, basically, a lot of times people 
they'll say, you know, they have this idea or they come to me, it's like, oh, you know, I want to do this, but I don't know exactly where I'm supposed to start. Or they often think um, things are more complicated than they necessarily have to be. So what I try to do is help them kind of get unstuck and break their ideas into smaller parts. So, for example, you know, there was one client I worked with and they're like, oh, you know, I want to do this huge membership site, but, you know, I looked into it, it's going to be really costly. And then once we started talking and um, we, I started to listen to their requirements and I said, okay, you know what, it's definitely possible what you want to do and there are existing solutions that you can use out there to bring your idea to market sooner than later. And oftentimes a smaller subset because when you're just starting out, you don't know how the market's going to respond. So you don't necessarily want to invest tons of money and years in development before putting it out there. So I try to get people to break ideas down and find um, existing solutions or platforms that they can build on top of so they can test and trial those ideas out. Wow. Wow. I think you have a question for Ms. Sandy. Yeah, but Sandy, I was also what had you create a business around supporting others starting their business? Um. Well, basically, I come from an engineering background, and I've worked many years in high tech. And one of the things I learned along the way, you know, being exposed to technology is that I I'm, I love working with technology, and I love working with people. Like, I slowly moved into the management side where I was in the front end, you know, dealing with customers, dealing with clients. And um, what, you know, made me kind of break off onto my own was that I realized that things are changing at a really fast pace, and a lot of you know small business and entrepreneurs are kind of getting left behind. Where they're like, oh, you know, they hear about something like social media, and it's like, oh, I don't have time with that, or there's a huge learning curve. And I feel like I can bridge that gap for people, where it's like, here, you know what, I'll keep up with all that stuff, and I'll be your, you know, your sidekick. I'll be your your person there, who's kind of the one you can count on and rely on to to guide you and get you unstuck. Wow. So, what do you think most entrepreneurs forget when starting a business? Um, I think often what they tend to forget is they put too many uh, like obstacles between them and let's say the customer that they're trying to serve or the initial problem they were trying to solve. Like I try to bring people back to that notion of, okay, what pain point are you solving? What value are you trying to bring? What's in it? for them, you know, like talk to the customer, talk to their needs and less about you. And I think, you know, in all of it, when they're trying to launch, I mean, you're thinking money, you're thinking website, you're thinking all of that, and you put so many things in between you and necessarily earning that first dollar or finding that first customer. Hmm. I'm sorry, I want to ask you, do you think that, do you, do you find that entrepreneurs are rather young or have they been laid off from work? Um, I think there's several things that we're seeing, um, and, and you know, I see people who are starting right out of school because either they're not finding the jobs they like, and they're just, you know, like, I'm going to, you know, there's this whole, it's, it, there's sort of a low barrier entry nowadays when it comes to, let's even say, building, like, a, an app or something that's going to be on the iPhone, or if you want to build a web thing, so you see, like, that area, and then you see kind of people who have been laid off, or they're kind of, like, a bit... Um, you know, more senior and they're just kind of like, you know, I want to do something that's meant for me now or I want, you know, sort of like career 2.0 where it's the, that thing where they've 
worked many years, they've put it all their time into a company and then they've gotten laid off and they're kind of like, I don't know if I want to go and do this again. Maybe I can take some of the money that I've saved or use, you know, my severance and put it towards um, offering something that they're passionate about. Hmm. Okay, that's quite interesting. Um, do you find that, in, that that older entrepreneurs have some fears around starting a business, especially if they've been laid off, uh, Sandy? I I mean I think definitely because there's that that fear of like how am I going to earn money? You know, I may have this mortgage, I have these payments. Um, it's you know it's not secure. Let's say even if you do start in consulting, there's always that worry of like where's the next paycheck going to come from. But what I've come to realize, and you know I think it's a different time now that even when you are in a job, there's no real security. And uh, two weeks ago, you know at the, the event that we met at, um, Gail. Uh, Cindy Gallup was talking in our, uh, we had a discussion outside of the actual conference and she said, you know, there is no more job security. You should take security and put it back in your own hands and, you know, create your own work that, you know, you are passionate about, that you can find a business model and run with it because nobody cares more about your security than yourself. Wow. 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 Um, what are some of the things people need to have in order online when creating an online presence for their business, Sandy? Can you give our audience some ideas on that? Uh, I missed the beginning of your question. Sorry. Okay. What are some things people need to have in order? You know, that they need to have in order for themselves online when creating an online presence for their business. Can you give okay, our audience some ideas on that? Well, when you're creating your online presence, you kind of, you know, you want to think of how you're going to present yourself online to the world, you know, whether it's on, like, Twitter, Facebook, Google+. Uh, and if, you know, you're serious about your business, it's not to say you can't mix in some personal, but you want to make sure you have a consistent brand because people do, you know, if they don't know your name, they're going to recognize you by your avatar. So if you want to make sure you have some sort of brand consistency along the way. Similarly, if you're going to use your business name, you want to make sure you use the same business name or personal name across the different accounts because people connect with that. So if they see you know, that you've left a comment on your blog and your picture is there, then they associate that the same thing when they go find you on Twitter or on, uh, on Facebook and vice versa. So I think you know, being consistent about you know, what it is you're presenting to the the rest of the world is definitely something you want to consider when you're starting with your brand, uh, when you're with your business online, as well as um, thinking of which sites you want to use because just because there are all these social networks, you don't necessarily have to be on all of them. You want to be where your potential customers are. How does this connect with their brand that they're building for themselves? Well, in the sense that, you know, you building your brand online doesn't happen overnight in the sense that you're not necessarily just going to show up on Twitter and send out a few tweets and everyone's going to know about you. So you really have to take time to start engaging and, you know, building that following. So whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Pinterest or Google+, those are, I, I've just named several places. So you have to decide by, you know, doing some research beforehand which ones you're going to uh, make part of your your brand online. 
Ah. Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting, Jay. That is very interesting. Um, I have often said a brand is what others think when they first hear your name as a person. That's something I personally believe, Sandy. You know, if it's Sandy Sidhu and I'm talking across the three people, I heard about her. She's so-and-so. Like, it's like your brand, it's who you are, however you want to put it, starting a business. Your business is you and you are your business is how people equate, even though we say we don't, you know. And I want to know, do you believe your brand, your brand, uh, the brand, do you believe your brand of who you are personally should play out in your business? Uh, definitely. I think more and more the trend that we are seeing, especially when we're talking, you know, solopreneurs, today you are in your brand, you know, from the messaging that you send out in your emails to the way you deal with your customers, it's, you know, you do end up injecting your personality in there. And I, and I think that's essential as a differentiator because at the end of the day, like let's say I say I'm, a, you know, I do social media. There's like hundreds of other people that do it, but what makes me unique? What what do I bring to the table? Is it how I interact with my clients? Is it, you know, everything from that first email to the, the thank you email or the contracts you send out? I think there's opportunity to inject yourself in there and, and build that rapport with your clients because at the end of the day, you know, you're building relationships with people and people uh, respond well to people who treat them nice or, you know, who kind of go the extra mile. And I think that's... Um, that's something important and definitely worth uh, doing. Wow. So branding is – so I guess my question to you is, can you give, like, in one minute or less with us right now, I'm, I'm, so that our audience gets to have a sense of you and can contact you if they're looking to do such, I'm coming to you and – I want to start a small business selling my dresses and coats as a designer, okay? Mm-hmm. And I have the whole business together and everything. But I want to uh, set up strictly online. Can you give us in just in one minute what you would tell me? Well, the first thing I would ask, so if I understood correctly, you want to set up online and you're not set up online yet, right? Yes. Okay. So basically where I would start is understanding who didn't market because if you're selling dresses, are you selling dresses to grandmothers? Are you selling dresses to little girls? Because I would imagine that you're not selling dresses to everybody under the sun. What? Who is your target market? What age? What demographic? Um, and then and break it down there. What, um, you know, what style? Like who are we trying to attract? Who do we want to resonate with this brand? And then we start building that out from figuring out where those people will hang out. Is it Does it make sense to, you know, you're going to have your website, then do we need to have a shop? Are they going to be buying directly from there? Or does your target market uh, work better with something like Etsy or using different sites? So the clear understanding of who it is that we want to draw, like your ideal client profile, we can then build out and say, well, this would be a good social media strategy, or this would be a good way that we need to generate, like what type of content we could generate to pull them in. So I think it all stems from figuring out what your product is, who's looking for that product, and where those people are spending time online and and, and joining them there. Yeah, I see that. I see that you're involved with uh, two nonprofits. 
Sandy, uh, sunnyyouth.org and Charity Water. What is Sunny Youth and what is Charity Water? Right. So um, Gail had asked me to mention some of the charities that I am passionate about or that I support or necessarily involved in those, but those are ones that when I do look throughout the year to do- donate, you know, my, um, you know, my, my year to make my donations, I look to charities that are actually making a difference because, you know, here where I am in Montreal, it's not uncommon to walk out and have someone, you know, oh, can you have $5? Oh, can I have $10? And I like to think of, you know, I want to give my money where it's going to have the most impact. So, the uh, and and being someone who's quite involved in the community here in in various organizations, um, the one the first one that I mentioned, Sun Youth, is very local. And since I've been a little kid, um, my family, the, um, the sort of like the temple that we're part of, we always every year every, the whole congregation would pretty much gather together um, in late November. And, uh, raise funds and donation and food to support this local charity because they would give back to um, local families in need, so low-income low families that were in need. And what I really think that is important, I know the whole everywhere in the world there's people that need money, but I find when it's your local community, you see the impact directly because you know these are these could be potentially your neighbors, they could be friends, like people that you know. So there's that direct relationship between seeing in your city, the impact that it's having. The one that I like to donate to is Charity Water because I think it's just, it's A, it's very easy to remember, and the name pretty much says it all. And what they do is they're a nonprofit organization that um, they they build wells and they bring water to various places in the world that are, are lacking. And I think, you know, everything stems, you know, water is like one of the necessities without that, and obviously oxygen, there is no life. So, you know, whether you want an entrepreneur down the line or, you know, you can have all ideas, but if you don't have food, water, shelter, then, you know, you're stuck. So I think what I like about Charity Water is that it really, they make it really easy for people to also um, donate and create campaigns. And it's quite creative. You know, you can do something around your birthday, which I'm thinking of doing for my next one, and get people to, instead of buying you something which you might not need, they can donate to your cause. That's wonderful. We just want to say thank you uh, for being on our show and thank you for taking the time out to share with our audience. And, um, Sandy, would you tell Jay and I and our audience where if we want to find you and hire you as our consultant, where can we find you at? Definitely. So um, it's pretty easy. You could find me online um, either my website, which is www.sidekickpm.com, or you can also find me on Twitter with my username, which is just Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y, Sidhu, S-I-D-H-U, and I'd be happy to hear from you. Okay, well, Sandy, thank you so much. And uh, as many of you have heard, Sandy is an amazing consultant, and the difference is that what Jay and I love to do, and one of the things I, Jay and I especially love to do, is connect people from other countries. Sandy is in Montreal. She's very helpful to me, even though there are things that I knew. She just illuminated them even more and suggested things that I had never heard of. And for me to not hear things is really interesting, because I thought I've heard it all, and I always think I'm thinking out the box, but this is another young lady that I can't wait to do some work with. And so, again, Sandy, if you would just tell them one more time where they can reach you. 
So, again, that's www.sidekickpm.com. You can find everything there. All right. Well, Tammy, thank you for your time, and we look forward to having you on the show again if you wouldn't mind coming on with us. Oh, I'd love that, and uh, thank you again for having me. Okay. Well, have a good day, Sandy. Yes, yes, wonderful guest, and uh, pretty much a lot of both of the guests that we have today. Uh, I'm really interested in the water charity thing. You know, I'm do some donating over there. What a good idea to do something in the community, also. You know, I never thought of it that way. You know, when you come out to some of the grocery stores, you see panhandlers, and then how she's doing is rather interesting. And so she doesn't have a guilty conscience. She gives to an organization that will draw that for her, which is great. I thought that was a great idea. And what a consultant, you know, she's great. And the other oh, she was a tr- real treat. I really enjoyed her on the show. I learned a lot. Uh, that to me really hit home, you know, after just losing my mother. You know, and I know you're also caring for your mother. You know, having youth that are even younger than us, I didn't even know that there are a lot of people in the community that have to do that. I do know that in the Spanish-speaking community, that happens a lot, and in the African-American community, that happens a lot. You know, I think sometimes you don't realize that, you know, and then, you know, you and I being in communities in San Francisco and here, I think we don't often see that. But I know in the Midwest, that's what happens a lot. What, what are your thoughts on that, Jerry? Right. Learned a lot from her, you know. Learned a lot that nothing lasts forever. And eventually all of us are going to become caregivers because we have to help out. You know, you can't just go lotty dotty dotty through life. you got to help your grandmother and your mom as they helped you when you were youth. So, you know, it's it's wonderful that kids learn that early, you know. And I'm pretty sure in the other countries around the world, they, they learn a lot quicker, you know, that you got to be part of the family. And, you, and she stated, you know, we all caregivers at some point, whether it's washing dishes, vacuum, and uh, we should be proud of it. You know, Jay, one thing I wanted to get on before we get off the phone today and off the line today, is tell audience members, what do you think, you don't have to go there about the Jackson family. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's about, that kind of fits in with the caregiving thing. Um, um, wow, you know, she, Catherine needed a break. Um, she, uh, I, you know, she understand, she, like she could have told it to the, the grandkids that she was leaving, but it's very odd, you know, very odd, you know. Uh, she needed a break, and she went to Arizona, and then the, the kids were there by themselves. I didn't, I didn't understand that, girl. It was kind of odd. You know, I wouldn't think that if I had two grandkids, I would at least, you know, tell them that I'm, I'm not feeling well. I, I don't think that she, I don't think she left I don't, I don't think she just left. I do believe she just said, Catherine has been, from what I could see, a very private person. She's, she's trained her kids to be very private. I think she was taken from the compound, and not everybody was... Um, as they put it, not everybody was communicated with. I just, you know, I, I'm with you. I don't see her just being up. But this is rather strange. I have to agree with you, Jay. That is rather strange. Yeah, rather strange. I, I, I think that the girl, the little uh, past tweet in the wall, she, she flew spoiled. Well, I'm pretty sure Michael spoiled them. So it was spoiled. Yeah. I actually didn't find her spoiled. I found her on Twitter to be very straightforward and her son. If you read some of her tweets prior to all of this happening, she had Michael and, like, William said, they are very interesting kids. They follow Gandhi. They follow a lot of things. They're very, very grounded. 
So I read, I read Prince Michael today and also uh, Paris's um, tweet. And, you know, I found them to be very, very, very well-grounded kids and well-aware. Okay. So, so the genuine, very genuine, mm-hmm. very genuine okay. kid. Um, yeah, very, uh, very smart, very smart. You know, they, she has, a, she knows uh, what she's pretty much doing too. You know, that's what's uh, interesting. You know, so I guess we'll see which involves. I think um, Mrs. Uh, Miss the, Miss Jackson is coming home today, so everything will be put in order. And uh, I think. <laughs> She did come on today, Jay, but unfortunately she didn't say that much. She just said she did describe it a couple of things like uh, Tito's son, TJ, taking over the kids' guardianship. She never said anything directly, but one thing she did say was she was quite, you know, hurt by the fact that the guardianship was taken away from her and they have filed for immediate uh, update of her rights, you know, as guardian again. But I, I was just uh, taken back and you and I both have been in the industry for a long time, and we've come into contact with some of these people or not. doesn't really matter. But I think this goes to show us that we all in our family have things that go on in our family. This just happens to have been made public. But everyone in the world has issues in their family. And I hate to say, when someone passes, all of these things happen. You know what I mean? That's why this is showing us all to have, you know, like you are a father and all of us to have really our roles written up and be very clear what we want to go to who. And as we progress in our lives, if we gain more assets, we need to put those in the with the right people in the right way and make sure that we tell our family members who gets what. And it needs to be ironclad. Right. I agree. You know, so, just something. Well, Jay? Thank you for today's show. I think we had another amazing show, sir. Yes, yes, we did. Check one more. <laughs> so we'll have an even better show next week. And folks, we'll be having you get more involved with the social experience on our show next week. So look out for some things from us so that you can get involved and be a part of next week's show. Thanks a lot, folks. Bye-bye. Bye, Jay. Bye, Jill.